This is Michael, you're listening to Models of Masters, and I'm so grateful you're here. I'm breaking down personal stories, learned wisdom, and pieces of insight I hope can help you along your journey. Head over to my website, michaelbecker.org, for much more. And with that, let's get right into the show. Now, Dr. Amanda, we have the pleasure of getting back together once again. This time, I am grateful to have you join me for uh, a great conversation today for the podcast. And we got we got deep last time. And this time, we're going to go a layer deeper. And um, I'm excited for that. And I think it's needed. And I think we're going to help a lot of people with this conversation. So I'm very grateful to have you today. Thank you for joining that's awesome, Michael. I love deep dives. We could go deep all day. <laughs> it's needed. It's needed. Yeah. Yeah. It's Especially needed. with money, right? And your story just, it really touches my heart, you know, honestly. And um, I know it, it will hit home for a lot of people. So I think that's why it's so important as well that we're, that, that we're digging into some of these topics that we are today. We'll get right into it. You know, part of your journey and you're, you're public about this, you've written about it, um, you know, is it, it, it dates back to the beginnings for you. And one of the things that, I don't know if it's a tagline, but um, is this idea of food stamps to six figures. Can you talk to us about going back? Um, where, tell us about your early life. Yeah, you know, it's interesting to think about because it wasn't actually that long ago and it feels like centuries ago. <laughs> like I feel like every year in my growth on my growth journey feels like accelerated time because so much happens. So, you know, it was only at the time of this recording, it was about I, I was on food stamps about four years ago. Oh. And so I'm, I'm in my fourth year in business now. And, you know, it started with some serious fallout for me. And I, you know, I've been thinking about it a lot and how it relates to relationships and, you know, my, the money and relationship tie and how many things in my life fell apart all at once because they were so entangled. And so for me, it was really that I had left my 15 year marriage having an affair. And so this next relationship that I had wasn't working out and we had moved in together and he had decided to move out. So I had spent the day on Craigslist looking for places to live with me and my three kids and I couldn't afford anything. And I was distraught, I was scared and I applied for subsidized housing where I lived at the time in Boulder, Colorado. And they're like, well, we have a long wait list. You know, you might not get in in time. And I, I had like less than 30 days to find a place. And even that was a stretch financially. And so, you know, here I am on the floor crying, looking at this empty basement after my boyfriend had moved out. And I'm just sitting there feeling pretty scared and in a lot of ways, sorry for myself and realizing no one's coming to save me. Like I'm on my own here. I'm kind of screwed and I don't know what to do. And I was reflecting on my life and I was thinking, you know, what is the problem here? And I really realized like, oh, I'm the common denominator. Like this is my pattern of broken relationships, you know, choosing certain types of relationships, not being financially empowered. Um, I had chosen a while back, you know, when I got pregnant at a very young age, I had chosen to drop out of school because my husband, you know, his his degree could earn more money. And so he talked me into dropping out of school. And so I just had this big, 
you know, relationship and money fallout. And so in that moment, I, I sat up and I remember thinking, I am willing to do whatever it takes to change this reality. I really desire a connected, deep, fulfilling relationship, and I am tired of being broken poor. And I was already on food stamps at this time because I'd been seeing my free counselor and she talked me into going on food stamps and I was so ashamed about it. You know, none of my friends were in this position and I was just like, wow, I'm, I'm really a wreck. And so that power in that moment when I decided to do that, I had no idea where it would lead me. But interestingly, it led me first to listening to podcasts because they were free and I could learn on the go. And so I started listening to every podcast I possibly could. And, you know, at every moment I could, and it started to work. You know, I started to think different thoughts and feel different things. And I started to feel way more hopeful and realize that, oh, Money making is a skill you can learn, and so is and so is relationship building. And that led me into going, hmm, all of these podcast people are coach type people. Maybe I should take the leap and build a business. And so I decided to do that. You know, I wanted to finish my dissertation and earn my PhD, so I did that. I loved the work I was doing in the world there. And I, you know, just went, I don't want to be an academic. It's really stressful. And yet I love teaching. And so I took the leap. And in that first year, I went six figures. Wow. Okay. What, what do you think was sort of your rock bottom moment? That moment where you said things need to change and I need to be the one to take control of that change. Yeah, absolutely. I'll tell you a little detail in the when I was crying on the floor, the rock bottom moment. I remember sitting on the floor feeling really bad and scared and sad, but I was really not good at facing my feelings. So here I am freaking out, not crying yet, just sitting there freaking out. And I picked up my phone to look at my email, you know, just out of distraction. And there was an email from my ex-husband that said, you know, the subject line was boundaries. And in this email, he laid out the new configuration of the way he wanted to exchange the kids. And it was so surprising to me because we were getting along well from what I thought. But he had just moved in with his new person and they had decided together that they needed more intense boundaries between me and him. And so they were like, he, you know, he's like, put the, the suitcases on the sidewalk when you drop the kids. Don't come into my house. Like, I was just like blown away you know I mean, it makes me want to cry right now because I was like oh my god I thought we were friends and I thought we were repairing and oh shit like I really have no one here and it was intense so then I started crying and I was like oh this is awful <laughs> so I'd say that was really the rock bottom moment where I, I went I gotta do something different this is not working yeah and so you leveraged emotion you leveraged yeah. energy and motion to catalyze and catapult you from uh, a negative place and arguably negative state of mind possibly to accompany that to um, making a bold and decisive decision to say no more it's do or die time and I think that's an important point as well maybe we can go into is like that catalyst um and then maybe how how do you think about or coach clients um on tapping into different different portals as they move through their journey or different levers um that they can pull as they progress as they move forward how how do you think about that process yeah, you know, I have a whole system now based on looking in retrospect at what I did to transform and then what I walk clients through. And what you're saying is really important because there is a, there there needs to be that catalytic moment. Mm -hmm. 
And I call it the curse of the comfort zone when people don't have that because they're not that uncomfortable. So it's a lot harder to change. Change really occurs when you're pretty damn uncomfortable. <laughs> you know, like it's very rare that people will change until they get uncomfortable because we are animals and we live by the pleasure pain principle. We always seek pleasure, avoid pain. Comfort is pretty comfortable and we don't feel that much pain, even if we're not happy and fulfilled totally. If it's pretty comfortable, we're not really going to change. And so I often look at that time in my life as going like, oh my God, that was the best gift that could have ever been given to me because it really caused me to look deep within and go, I'm freaking tired of this reality. I am ready to do something different. Yes. Yes. hundred percent. So what techniques did you, I guess, discover and, uh, or what techniques do you implement still today to not just to change your circumstances, but to now actively consciously, um, create what you, what you desire. Yeah, so I'll tell you that my three-step, I call it the NFA money formula, and it, it this relates to money, relationships, weight loss. I mean, you could apply it to any version of change, and it's the process that I use with used in, on myself in, in this period of time in my life and still to, to do to this day and then also with other people. And so it's a three-step formula. It's very simple, yet people get stuck on different levels and it's helpful to have someone walk you through it. So the the simplest version of it is that number one, you got to recognize. So first you've got to be self-reflective enough to go like, I recognize that I am the center of my reality, that I'm creating my reality. I always tell people your outer world is a reflection of your inner world. So if you don't like what you're getting on the outside, you got to change what's within. So that's recognizing I'm responsible. I have power and control to change this and I'm willing to do what it takes, right? So you gotta recognize that first in whatever it is that you're looking at. Step number two, you've gotta start to reframe. So most of the time we're stuck because we have limiting beliefs that are keeping us stuck. So for me, a lot of my limiting beliefs had to do with my self-worth, not valuing myself, thinking that I had to be in a relationship in order to make it in the world. And then it caused me to choose, you know, very codependent relationships. And so, you know, I started to reframe those beliefs. So I really went from victim mindedness to victor mindedness. I really went from scarcity thinking to abundance thinking. And I did a whole bunch of reframes in the process. And so there's a lot of different strategies you can use for reframes. And then number three is repeat to reprogram. Okay, so number one, recognize, number two, reframe, number three, repeat to reprogram. The reason that you've got to repeat to reprogram is because we are habitual creatures who get wiring in our brain embedded and in order to change what we're doing automatically, we've got to consciously repeat new behaviors. Because what happens is we get stored in our brain, our subconscious beliefs and our subconscious habits and autopilot behaviors. So if you automatically believe I'm not good enough, even though you might not be conscious of it, if you keep getting a reality that shows that back to you and reflects that, that's your belief system. So you've got to start reframing it and then repeat, 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 repeat. Every time a negative thought comes in, repeat. Every time you're wanting to take a negative action, you do something different by reframing it. And then what happens is you reprogram your money mindset or your mindset in general. And so then you get to get different results. And and this is the simplest pattern process formula I could come up with. And it works miracles when people do it strategically. I agree. I think it it's it's a simple formula, but it's not always easy to do because yeah. the detail and the subtlety, I think that's like inherent in self-reflection and 
you know, I think that's why working with another and why bringing a coach in to help is so critical to help you serve as a mirror that, you know, where they can help point point out these aspects of just little tidbits of things that you say that may be reflective of something deeper, uh, uh, an idea or belief that we're so close to sometimes mm -hmm. we realize how embedded it is. Um, I, I guess I kind of have a two part question for you, you know, um, so can you explain the pervasive and energetic effects of those long-standing beliefs and how they impact one's ability to either manifest or mismanifest um, what they want in the world and then what are your tips or tricks for uh, for unveiling or unlocking those aspects of ourselves yeah it's a great question and i would say that is where most people get stuck it's exactly like you're talking about if you already knew what you believe that wasn't getting you what you want you would eliminate it right that'd be easy you would just go oh i don't want to keep believing this and so you would just stop <laughs> the the challenging part is that we get programmed when we're really really young so from ages zero to seven we're most we are absorbing everything around us and we're living in a subconscious state. And so everything that you see, experience, are told starts to create a whole belief system. And so if you don't start to pick that apart and get conscious of it and recognize what's going on, it's, it's very challenging to get different results. And so the first place that I have people start, definitely have people download my NFA money formula. So this teaches people how to start to understand, to ask the right questions, to recognize, because this is where most people well, and I'll even say a layer before that people get stuck because of what we talked about before they're in the curse of the comfort zone. So they're not even willing to look at themselves yet. Right. And that's why pain will cause you to look within because you go, okay, I'm not excited about this reality. I'm tired of it. I'm ready to do something different. Then you're willing to start looking for solutions and answers. And that's where you're really having that first step of recognition and going, I don't like what I'm getting. And I know there's more than this. And that's a recognition you know, process. And so you want to start asking yourself really simple questions. Let's say it has to do with making more money. You want to ask yourself what you believe about money. Most people don't even take the time to do this. They don't even think, what are my money beliefs? They just live their life out and keep looking at the puzzle and wanting to solve the puzzle, which usually is I don't have enough money. And so they get really stuck with that puzzle instead of looking at like, wait, let's look at the layer below this and recognize what do I actually believe about money? So a simple question to start with. I, I like to walk people through a money story and I have it in my reprogram your money mindset course there's like all of these tools that we're talking about today it, it you want to dig into your childhood money beliefs and this is never to demonize your parents because you know whatever configuration of parent family you had maybe single couple whatever it is the adults in your life were influencing your belief system and remember they were doing the best they knew how to do yes whatever your experience was <laughs> and so this isn't to beat them up or to beat yourself up for what you currently have it's to recognize so that you can to from today forward choose from a conscious place do i choose to keep running this story in my mind is it empowering me or disempowering me and so one question you can just ask yourself is, and this is a fun one I've been asking a lot lately. If you had a family money motto yes. in one sentence, what was it? What would it be? You know, and mine and my family was definitely, you got to work hard to make yeah. money and there's never enough. 
that was my overriding family mantra. <laughs> and, you know, that came up in everything that would happen. It was in my dad working really, really hard, uh, you know, always being stressed about money, even when he was making a ton of money, even when both of my parents were making money, there was this overriding feeling of there's never going to be enough and you got to work hard. And there, that was said to me, that was shown to me. And so I got that belief system. Another one for me was, you know, of the family I grew up as a fundamentalist Christian and women weren't supposed to really work. And so I had this belief in my mind that I am as a woman am not allowed to be a powerful money maker. And so I, you know, digging into that was huge. Wow. Uh, that's so powerful. I mean, there's so much to unpack with all of those. I think something I, I want to add in for, for people to, you know, around the parenting thing, because I've thought a lot about that and um, I, I had a very modest um, upbringing. We were comfortable um, and everybody has a different story. Like this is just the life script I was born into. We each, we have to understand, we literally like we pick these life scripts and these family dynamics and financial family dynamics to come into. And some of us chose to start from a more difficult place, whereas others, literally were born into a situation of privilege right where there's so many different you know components and beliefs and values um that that come along with those things as we're raised and you know those impacts the way you think about abundance and money and people that tend to be born into great fortunes and money are likely to grow up with not not definitely but likely to grow up with a more a different more maybe more mature um perspective on money not because they're better they're smarter not because of any of those things but it's because of the, their surroundings and what they see and what they're surrounded by and you know just to get just to get granular with it, i would love to hear your thoughts on this too like i was never taught being in the middle class, I was never taught how to invest or how to find high leverage opportunities, right? It was very much what you shared. Go to school, you know, major in something that will allow you to get a good job, save, 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 invest in the stock market, retire when you're 65. That was like the motto that I was, that, yeah. that, that was my lane that I was in. And I had to break out of that. I, I had to wake up from that and say, this isn't right. And people, like need to realize don't listen to people that make less money than you when it comes to money you know like if somebody's if somebody's not making as much as you don't listen to what they tell you to do like find mentors that are doing what you want to do and listen to them yeah you know you said so many things i could i want to break down one because it's the last thing you said I don't know if it's about listening to someone who makes more money than you. It's about listening to someone who enjoys the money they make and the way that they feel about their wealth, right? Yeah. yeah. Because there's drastically different amounts of money. Let's say, you know, the mega billionaires on the planet, they're, ma they're making more money. They could teach you about how to make money, but do they feel good? Some do, some don't, right? So it's really important to listen to the people who are modeling what you would, the relationship you would want to have with money. 
right? And, and is that authentic for them? Because I talk a lot about wealth consciousness. So one thing you said, you know, in terms of the way that you were raised, where some families have higher wealth consciousness than others, let's say. Yeah. Yeah. And that's probably because it, it's intergenerational, you know, that carries through families often. And so, you know, when you're born into a family that doesn't have as high of wealth consciousness because they haven't been introduced to that in the same way yet, then you're going to have a different experience than somebody who was born into wealth consciousness. They're going to think about money very differently, right? And so there's so many different layers of this. I think, you know, in that piece of feeling good, my whole quest is to help people feel good about the way that they make money and about how and about their feeling of abundance on the planet. Are they exchanging value in ways that they enjoy? Do they feel good about the money they're making? Do they feel good about the opportunities they have to invest and have passive streams of income and really create freedom? To me, money is freedom. It's I get to choose how I spend my time on the planet and do what I love to do. That's what money creates for me. And so, you know, I think for life script wise, you know, I think part of the reason I chose the family I did is because I get to like really come in it now be this empowered brown woman in the world who has experienced single motherhood, food stamps, poverty, you know, fundamentalist religion that taught me that women aren't supposed to be powerful money makers in a Native American body. And now it's like, hey, I get to like empower women and if really like in a way that I couldn't if I came into this world in a white body that was already wealthy, you know, in a wealthy family. Like it's just a totally different experience and people listen to me in a different way because they're like, whoa, she's been there, she's done that, she's experienced a lot and so she has something to teach me and and so I feel very gifted in that way. You know, it's like, of course, when I was going through it, when I was a kid, I didn't always feel that way. <laughs> and when I was crying on the floor, I didn't feel that way until I started to realize like, oh, wow, all of these challenges that I've experienced have gotten me to exactly where I am now and doing work in my zone of genius that I absolutely love. And I wouldn't take back one experience that happened to me for that reason. Something that's really touching and interesting about your story is that your back was against the wall um, at a point where you were sort of... I don't want to say force, but the, the impetus was very strong to to uh, to start changing and gathering knowledge and learning and and so forth. Um, I think something that's really interesting to me about a lot of particularly uh, like foreign uh, individuals who come to the U.S. or first generation immigrants is sort of a similar story. It's like they from a young age they sort of have no choice. They have to learn how to create abundance for themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, because they don't really have a choice. You know, it's either that or or, or, or suffer. Um, and so I think that's one reason you see so many successful, um, you know, uh, uh, immigrants who have come to this country and, you know, end up really ascending in the world and coming into a lot of wealth that they've earned and that they've created themselves. Um, what about for people though, that just don't have that incentive or, like how 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 would you coach or what recommendations or tips do you have for those people on that are struggling maybe to move a a ship that's already been sailing for a long time 180 degrees i want to go back first real quick so immigrant and we can't say all immigrants are the same but let's say you know in an immigrant story often part of the reason that that success happens is because they have the belief that when they come to the U.S., there's so much opportunity. 
Yeah. So it's a belief system, right? It's just like, hey, I'm, I have the belief that there's going to be opportunity and I can make it. And that belief is what attracts the wealth to them through, you know, they obviously, I can't say every single person, but typically immigrants tend to work pretty hard yeah. and really are focused on creating money for their family, their, you know, their, their lineage and leaving a legacy, right? And so that's belief system. So it's belief systems are very, very powerful. Um, you know, I would say it's interesting the question you're asking because to me, I don't like working with people who are coming to me being like, fix me, even though I'm not really that willing to do the work because I don't, I, I'm too comfortable. Like, I like the sweet swat of people who are uncomfortable enough that they're not stuck in their victim story, but they're also not so comfortable that they're not going to do anything. And I've worked with people like that before and I've learned I don't, that's not my zone of genius. I get irritated when people are not willing to change, <laughs> you know, no. and it takes some pain to be willing to change and it takes power to be willing to change. So it's like, I'm not, I'm not a miracle worker. I can't get someone who's unmotivated to do something. It's got to come from within there. There's got to be the inspiration to get a different result. Then it's possible to change. A lot of people look for coaches to motivate them and like crack the whip and be accountability partners. I think that's all nonsense. It's got to come from within. You've got to be willing to look at yourself clearly and decide with certainty and commitment that you're ready for a different result. Yeah. That's, you know, I can't, I, you can lead, it's like this saying, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. You know, mm -hmm. I've got amazing tools to help people create incredible lives if they're not willing to really do the work and and, and when i say do the work we're talking some of the the quote unquote hardest work being self-reflective is terrifying to people Agreed. Agreed. we put on amazing masks and performances to to have other people think we're doing okay <laughs> so breaking that stuff down you got to be ready and willing to look at yourself can we do some live coaching can, can we just like sure. dive in yeah just give people a sense of like what this work is really like yeah absolutely interesting and important um can i just give you like a a belief or like a i guess a scenario and we can just dive into it so sure. yeah go for it one one belief i've recently become aware of for myself you know like i've been doing a lot of um i've got a vision board that i'm retooling right now and got like multiple columns to that one of which is for beliefs one of which is for like an action plan you know one of which is just for different accountability and like blockages and those type types of um, notes one thing that i've become aware of amanda is like again like going back to numbers we touched on this in our last episode so guys if if you haven't seen that episode go back and watch that there's a lot of value there that kind of set the stage for this conversation um one of the things we talked about though was setting numerical goals and i've been thinking about what my vision is for you know like one year three year five year ten year um goals and one of the things i'm really struggling with is imagining like flowing monthly income of a certain figure for me it's hard to even fathom earning a certain figure like when i think about thirty thousand dollars a month coming in that's only like three high ticket sales of a $10,000 product. Like it's very doable. I know people that are doing it, but when I think about creating that and what that would mean for my lifestyle, it seems so foreign and out there and hard to grasp. Where would oh. I start in? Yeah. Well, first it's really important. Why are you, why do you care about making that amount of money? Yes. We talked about that as well in our last yeah. time. Um, yeah. That's a great question. Um, I think the first thing that's coming in is like pride for myself um, to say I did it. 
to say this is my reality and that it comes out to whatever per year and to look at the percentile that that would equate with and say i'm i'm in the top point whatever percentile with that um and that makes me feel prideful and successful and not fulfilled necessarily but just Okay, so you're so basically you think that when you make a, let's say 30 grand a month, you will feel better about yourself. Um, I think I'll feel more accomplished and like I owned my little corner of the world because when I think about that amount of money, it feels like success. Okay. When you were young, did you did did you somehow feel that you were not valuable? Hmm. I can't pinpoint a time where I may have thought that um it was almost like a non thought it was like a non issue i just never felt either way i felt neutral growing up okay okay and and who are you comparing yourself to right now in terms of the amount of money you make and the amount yeah. of money they make great question uh that figure i'll be honest i think it stems from the instagram clout culture in part and these figures that people throw out and the things that they help people do um promises and claims that i've seen and i've been promised um and then figures that people have dropped in different mastermind groups that i've been a part of and i'm like i want that and when they share those amanda i feel envy and some anger coming up around it because i'm like damn it they're doing that i should be able to do that yeah yeah okay so it's it's amazing because you know you just said a lot of charged there's a lot of charge around money right envy anger pride okay anytime we have a charge around money it's going to repel away from us because imagine you're in a relationship with someone so money is a relationship so imagine that you have a partner who you feel anger toward pride toward like pride in this way like if if the relationship was a certain way you'd feel way better meaning it's not good now and you feel anger toward that person and you also feel envy for what that person has right there you're already creating a really charged negatively relationship with money and money pushed it repels away from you when you have all this charge when we seek money for pride we have an infatuation with money and what we infatuate is an imbalanced relationship what we infatuate with is an imbalanced relationship right so when you infatuate with something you're going to fear its loss yeah and anytime we have a fear about something we are actually creating the thing unconsciously that we fear so all of these things we go like oh my god you got to remember the be do have model and go who am i being now what am i doing that's in alignment to get the thing that i say that i want versus the other way around when i have the 30k then i'll feel good about myself right and so we got to really get clear around why are we doing what we're doing and i think it's it's awesome that you can have the self reflective awareness to go like hey it's like in these masterminds and on instagram the people that i'm seeing and who really knows what's going on for them cuz people tell all kinds of stories that aren't always true <laughs> you know they they want you to believe certain things that aren't necessarily true and and maybe it is too and the reality is that that doesn't even matter it's what you see and perceive about it is what matters right if you see someone who's doing really well and you celebrate them and you're like fuck yeah they're doing awesome you're going to attract money more easily if you see someone who's doing something and and you don't have that yet and you in some ways resent them feel angry you're pushing your possibility away of having more money more easily 
And so I would start with the process of asking yourself, like, why, what would it look like if you woke up every day and did exactly what you love to do to help people in the world? Like, do you know what that is? Um, wow. It, it's, it's been a moving target um, the last couple of years. And I thought I had it locked down, you know, like a few months ago. But I think that's a that's a good point too because now it's shifting and I've I felt doubt creep in to add to that hodgepodge to be honest. Yeah, and anytime we feel doubt, it's because we're out of alignment with our highest callings. Yeah. So you know, part of my zone of genius is helping other people find their zone of genius, and most people will push away their zone of genius out of fear and doubt and seeking and chasing something they think that will make them feel better that then gives them the time to do their zone of genius work. <laughs> it's really interesting, right? So it's like, we got to get to the core again of what do we love to do? And so when people are starting businesses and, and or in a new iteration of their business, I often talk to them about slowing down to speed up. So it's slowing down to get really self-reflective and going, why do I, why do I care about what I'm doing? It, it, like we, we can put a bajillion things on our plate that really don't matter. Right. Yep. So you got to ask yourself everything you're doing in your business. Does this matter? Is this making a difference? Is this bringing me joy? Because if it's not, drop it, automate it or delegate it. Right. So there's some things in business as you scale that you're going to not love to do. And you just delegate those things away. They're essential, but but you delegate them. You really want to create the foundational core of your business, like allow yourself to go to ground zero and ask yourself, what do I really, really love to do if I woke up every single day? And I, I love it so much that it's the only thing I'd be willing to do for money. And that would bring me so much joy that I wake up like with this, it's like tears of inspiration, like, yeah, I get to do this today, yeah. right? And then money magnetizes to you automatically when you do that so much more easily because you have a loving relationship with it instead of a, a charged one that's pushing it away. That makes so much sense. I want to ask you a related question about that, but I want to read aloud a comment that we just got. So somebody on Facebook said, I love this idea about being charged around money. I want to work on getting myself to a place where I've let go and by virtue of that begin to attract more of it. So that's a, that's a great point. Thank you for adding that. And what I want to ask you is, do you believe money works like a stream of consciousness and that it can actually decide or detect or figure out um, who is prepared and ready to receive it. And it sounds like the answer to that is yes. And if so, what qualities, characteristics, beliefs, or vibration does one need to access in order to allow that to happen? Great questions. Really powerful. And you know, I would, this is the way to think about it is that we are broadcasting a frequency everywhere we go we're broadcasting a frequency and higher level consciousness is going to broadcast a much el more elevated frequency so when we look at the bottom of the scale of consciousness we've got greed and shame well actually shame and guilt are the very bottom lots of people feel lots of shame and guilt about money right so we want to start going wait a second how do i recognize reframe and repeat to reprogram in the direction of feeling more joy, more flow, more fun, more inspiration, more gratitude toward money. So one of the places to start is to start looking at everything that you currently already have in your reality and owning your wealth now. And when I say wealth, I'm talking about health, well-being. I'm not talking about just dollars in the bank or, you know, crypto in your account. I'm talking about 
the way that you feel in your life and the resources that you already have. So often when I work with people, I have them do a, you know, I am a billionaire list. So I already have them write down all of the resources that they already have available to them to realize they're already wealthy. Because when you feel already wealthy, you match the frequency of wealth and you bring of money and you bring more to you. So you've got to own that you are already financially abundant much more than you think, even if it's in stored skills that you have. That's the potential for attracting wealth, money your way, right? And so you want to start playing with higher level consciousness and elevating yourself so that you can broadcast a different frequency. What most people get stuck in is that they 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 feel they wake up in the morning, they feel pretty crappy often. Maybe they just feel comfortable but not that great. Me, you know, they might wake up in the morning and be like, I'm tired. I don't, I gotta, I've got to do all this stuff today. Here's my list of have tos. That's not very inspiring. No. Right? And so we want to shift that. Like one of my main organizing principles of my life is every morning, like, am I doing what brings me joy? And if the answer is no, I I drop automate or delegate it as fast as possible. And so, you know, when my money fluctuates, I am very clear that it's because I'm not in a state of joy. I go like, oh, I'm broadcasting something like scarcity or fear or doubt or uncertainty. And I go like, ooh, I got to get back to joy. And when I am in a state of joy, money just automatically and opportunities just automatically flow my way very easily. And that'll happen to everybody who's watching or listening. So it's it's more about moving into either neutrality or joy throughout your day and recognizing where there's um, where there's emotions or vibrations emanating from you that are not consistent with those. Yeah. Yeah. And the, and the places people get stuck here is that they'll go often, they'll go, but wait, I am love, I love money. Like I'll ask people often, like, do you, you know, do you love money? Be like, of course I love money. Do you want to be financially free? Of course. Like a hundred percent of people would raise their hand to do you want financial freedom? Why don't a hundred percent of people have it? because of their lack of belief that it's possible and their misalignment with money in and of itself. So what they're really doing is seeking, let's say in your situation, what we were talking about, you're seeking 30K a month because you think it'll make you feel better. Do you know for cert with certainty that it'll make you feel better? If you don't feel good now, when you get the 30K a month, you won't feel good then either because you got to feel good now. And then the, so it's, it's that you create from your current state, not from your future state of what you wish it would be. Yeah, yeah. Right. So you're attracting who you already are and what yeah. you already believe. Yeah. And so I think it's powerful as well, you know, to start seeking supporting evidence that can back up the claims that you want to believe, that you want to tell yourself and that um, um, are needed, you know, to to truly transform where you're at to where you want to be. I also think it's about taking baby steps, honestly. Yeah. And- and investing time and it's almost like when we invest time and show that we're willing to learn and not to need what takes five years and five weeks which is something that i've been really (laughs) on recently um you know it's almost as if we are rewarded by those higher consciousnesses by the universe Uh, This is juicy. You want me to tell you what's going on there? It's so fun because people get really stuck with this. Anytime you have an inner reality, let's say your inner reality is I've got to hurry and I'm impatient and it's not happening fast enough. What you're doing is your inner world feels hurried and rushed. So your outer world is slowing down the results to balance that out. Right. 
when you shift it and you go, I've got plenty of time. I'm abundant. I can be slow and methodical. I can be strategic and build a foundation. It accelerates on the outside because you're grounded on the inside, right? And so the fastest way to make the most money is to slow down and be conscious and present and grateful and enjoy. That's the fastest way to attract money. The, the number one reason that manifestation doesn't happen fast is resistance. And hurrying is a resistance feeling because you're living out of fear. You're going, I got to get it there faster because there's not enough time and there's not enough money and I got to do it fast. Otherwise, it's not going to work out. Right. And, and what happens, Amanda, for people that try to rush it and move at a pace that is maybe too fast to yield the results that they want, which is what I've been doing. <laughs> Burn out. That's what happens. <laughs> Here's the thing. You can create a lot in that state. I've done it in my life. Like until I found this, you know, consciousness raising manifestation, like I really dedicated myself to learning the art and science of manifestation, law of attraction. And I realized like, holy shit, I've created a lot in my life. I have done a lot and and I worked hard to do it and I pushed and I was it was fear based. And so you can create a lot in that state. It's just, it leads to burning. And it's not, not, it's it's those people that get to the big mega wealth numbers, you know, financial numbers, but don't feel good when they get there. They get sick, they get, they have divorces, they don't have, they regret they're not hanging out with their kids enough, like all of those things, because they were so hyper-focused on this one thing and pushing so hard to do it. You can move a lot of energy in that direction, but you're not going to have the holistic picture of wealth, which really wealth means well-being and health. Those two words combined is actually the meaning of wealth, right? Well-being and health. And so we want to build wealth consciousness. And and what that will look like is uh, money in the bank, good, like high level of vibrancy and health, feeling good in your life, having connected high quality relationships, waking up in the morning, feeling joy, you know, like spiritual well-being, all of those things. That's true wealth. And that's, that's freedom, right? Because if you wake up five years from now and you pushed yourself into overwhelm, burnout and stress and your health is degraded, 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 <laughs> and then, you know, what's the point? Who cares if you have millions of dollars in the bank, if you feel like crap, let's have millions of dollars in the bank and feel amazing about it. What are three, <clears throat> excuse me, three practical, actionable money mindset, um, strategies or hacks that you want to share with listeners today? I'll say, I mean, I'm going to give a shameless plug. Definitely go download the NFA money formula because it gives you like a step-by-step. -step. It gives you a little video, three steps. So just go to nfamoneyformula.com. That's the simplest explanation of everything we've talked about today. And it just leads you into my world of how I think about creating abundance and reframing your money mindset and reprogramming it. People here practically, the first thing you've got to do is recognize that you're the center of your reality. Okay. So as the center of your reality, stop blaming other people and start to own your power and recognize, Hey, what am I going to do today to start to shift my wealth consciousness? Okay. And the answer could be books, podcasts, YouTube, workshops, coaching, you know, people can work with me. They can take my course. Like there are 
there are unlimited free and paid resources to start to do this, right? I've got awesome resources with books and I've got a podcast and YouTube, all the things, right? So, so find someone that you resonate with that you're like, I love the way that this person teaches this and start learning everything you can. So what that means is that you've shifted your value from I don't have enough and I feel like crap and I blame everyone else to going, wait a second, I'm the creator of my reality and what am I going to do today to start to shift my reality, right? Because I, I, it's possible to do actually pretty quickly, right? I, I, you know, I look at my, my life four years ago to now, you know, on food stamps, totally broken down, feeling really scared and stuck to now, you know, I just bought a house. I'm married happily. My relationships are thriving. I have investments, savings, a business that makes six years plus a year and makes more money every year. I work less. I make more. I have fun, right? Like that's four years. That's it. And actually in my first year of business, I went six figures, right? And started to transform things. So I want everyone here to know that you have the power to change your life dramatically with small steps every day. Okay. So stay, take small steps every day and then, you know, start to do exactly the NFA money formula and everything that, that you are feeling stuck about. Right. So you've got to recognize, reframe, repeat to reprogram. It's the simplest version of that. And so I'd say, you know, do what it, it, it recognize, do what it takes and, and just wake up every morning. Like your life matters. <laughs> like if this is the only life that you have in this body, which it is, then how are you going to create it to be freaking awesome? Right? Like that's your quest. That's your number one quest. And then do what you love and stop comparing yourself to other people. Right? Anytime you notice yourself comparing yourself, like, well, they have that. And I think if I have that, I'll feel better. Drop that shit because it will make you miserable. Uh, Mark Twain said comparison is the death of joy. Yeah. So true. Yeah. It, it's like, we need to remember to, you know, we're each in our own, we're each in our own movie uh, that's playing on a stage with other players, but your script has nothing to do with someone else's. And we have to remember that. And that's why I think blending, um, at least my conception of, I guess what I would call esoteric spirituality with you know, like a grounded approach to wealth creation is so important because it, it does allow you to to reframe. And that's how I recontextualize um, how I relate to what others are doing in the world. And it's not always perfect. You heard me just share a few minutes ago, you know, one of the beliefs that, that I struggle with every day, but having that foundation and that backdrop, the more you awaken, it does allow you to start to heal and then apply those 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 new frameworks about your world to your relationship with money if that makes sense um, yeah yeah real quick i want to get your thoughts on that i just want to say we do have a couple people in the uh in the room right now which is awesome if you guys have any thoughts or questions please drop those in before we wrap up here so we can get to them awesome yeah you know michael i want to say one thing too and i hope you don't mind but i you know when we did our show together last time i remember it's interesting when you're podcasting with someone because it's not a coaching session necessarily, right? right? I'm actually in the future doing coaching sessions on my podcast, which is going to be really fun. And that one that you and I were on was not that. And so, you know, when I walked away, I thought I had the sense that you are in search of getting back to the core of what really causes you to be inspired. And, and we can get off track. We can, we can, and mostly it's because we're looking at the outside world for the answers. Go deep within and remember what brings you joy and start doing more of that because you have amazing gifts to bring to the world and clearly you're inspired by what you do. 
and and you know it's easy to just get off track and so we've got to slow down and reflect and go like write down all the things that you love doing in your business and all the things you don't like doing in your business and take the top five things you love doing and do more and more and more of that and then drop an automated delegate the things that you don't enjoy and sometimes this is a complete pivot you know sometimes it's like where we go God, I took on this thing that I thought was going to bring me joy and it's not be willing to let it go. Right. And so start getting back to the core of what inspires you. Wow. It'll be, it'll be fun to watch you make money fast when you get to the core of what inspires you. Yeah. And it's like, <clears throat> I don't want to get too spiritual or anything with it, but when you unlock a certain frequency, yeah. it does all things. It's like you're, you're opening up a dam that water can then flow through like yeah. before and if you keep doing that the water can flow more easily it gets more momentum behind it i'm in the process of working through those right now yeah and the yeah. thing to this too is like there can be a tendency i think to feel self blame like to blame yourself or you know to to feel self-pity as you start to break through a lot of these barriers in in the sense of like why did how did that exist where did that come from like why did i believe that how could i have been operating on autopilot with that belief for so long but that's yeah. what's empowering about facing this shit and the beauty of working through it you know and we can all do that work we can all do it yeah yeah absolutely and like when you talk about that you get fired up yeah that's yeah. that's a clue for you yeah right Powerful. Just remember when you get fired up and you feel the feeling of inspiration and it's like, it's almost as if you're just talking and like it's coming out so automatically, that's your zone of genius. That's your inspired path, right? So just stay connected to that and you go like, oh, more of that, please, right? It's like, you wanna, you wanna end your day feeling like, I can't wait for tomorrow because like, I'm so excited. Exactly, yes, that's what it is. It, it, it is, it's really like, I don't know what I believe like about the term channeling and channeling and stuff, but it's like often I'm like, I feel like I'm channeling when I come to do these things because it's like wherever this is coming from is like divine source of inspiration. Yep. And it's very spiritual, you know, and it's like, yeah, bring it on. <laughs> and it's like you could do that stuff all day long. And I love to make money doing what I love and bringing value into the world in that way because it's like magic, you know, it's like, Ooh, let's have a really awesome value exchange based on me channeling whatever word you want to use my gifts and resources from collective consciousness into you to help you thrive and it's a win-win-win right yes that's what you want to focus on in building this next stage of your business correct and for for me that's that's huge and that's an ongoing process and the one thing i want to add before we wrap up you know going off of that is um you don't have to be like anybody else, but I do look at the ultra wealthy and I do look at their beliefs and I do look about, you know, how, how do they speak about money? What, how do they approach this game? And they view it as a game of money. And when you look at life, when you look at world, the world and business as a giant game board and all of these different pieces moving together on the board, you can remove, I think some of the, for me, it's self-imposed pressure about believing that it's so real and so important. I, I put so much weight on having to do all these things because it seems like that's what others are doing on Instagram. But it's almost like we have to step back and we have to say, this isn't even that 
serious in a sense. Like I'm serious about the process of manifesting what I want, but the game itself doesn't have to be this, this like serious hard thing. Like I can have fun playing it, and that can remove a lot of a lot of those hangups internally as well. Absolutely, yeah. And, and and always remember that's all feedback for you. When you're having fun and you feel a state of joy, that's when you're aligned and emitting a frequency that is going to attract money to you. When you feel frustrated and stuck and in self comparison and doubt and 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 you know you'll know your feelings are your guide. So when you feel off, you're sending a frequency that's not helping you attract money your way. Yeah, hundred percent. What a beautiful conversation. Um, is there anything you want to add as we wrap up? And also, I'm interested. What are some of the things that you're thinking about or working on right now、um, with your business? Yeah, you know, I, I think in the end, I always love to end with inspiration. So my my why in the world is to help people get inspired to do whatever it takes to transform into the most empowered versions of themselves, so they can lead kick-ass, fulfilling, awesome, amazing lives. Right. And so, what are you doing today to get inspired? And transform yourself into the vision that you know is possible of yourself, right? So yeah, I, lo- I love to leave people with that.、Um, to find me, I'm doing so many cool things. I'm so psyched in my business right now, and it really is. I took time to slow down to speed up. So you know, I've allowed my revenue to go way down, so I could take the space to go. Okay, what have I learned in the last years of my business, and what do I choose to build the foundation on from this day forward?、Mm-hmm. And it's been a really Powerful process, you know, because momentum gets built in directions, and you got to keep stopping and asking: Is this the momentum? Is this the direction I want the momentum to take me in? So it's consciousness, right? So you know,、um, people can find me on all things nfamoney.com. That's going to connect them to my YouTube. I'm launching on this upcoming Monday a new podcast. So I'm my I've had a podcast that I haven't added to in the last six months, and. So I'm reawakening it. It's going to be called the Woman Entrepreneur Podcast. Super excited about it.、Um, are you rebranding or are you、uh, starting a secondary podcast? I'm going to rebrand the one I had because it had it was already in 55 countries and had a lot of cool stuff going on. And and so I'm going to rebrand that one and just start with that audience and you know see who it attracts my way.、Um, and then you know my I have an NFA Money Mama Mastermind and a Reprogram Your Money Mindset course and just like all things money mindset and other collaboration and cool stuff that I collaborate with, all about really continuing to help people heal their relationship to money、yes. and and get to feel good in their lives. You know, like that's my quest. I I have one last question before、yeah. we hop off, and I'm very fascinated. I meant to ask it. I think last time, but I want to ask now.、Um, from a more tactical perspective, I'm just curious: what are your, what are the main channels that you're seeing most return on?、Um, I'm assuming the podcast work that you're doing is one of those major points of entry for your audience, but maybe for others listening as well. Like, what are some of those、uh, those marketing channels that are that are working best to drive revenue for you right now? Yeah, you know, I'd say it depends on your stage of business, but definitely, if people are pre-six figure, they want to choose, they want to narrow their focus to expand their freedom. So I tell them one one thing that they're promoting, and get one outlet of of marketing, either a podcast, a blog, or YouTube, and then one social media platform that they love the most, and hyper focus on becoming an expert at those things. Until they break through to the six-figure mark, don't let yourself get shiny object syndrome. Like, refine that program and make it something you enjoy so much 
and that it, so that it just magnetizes money your way. Then once you get to that next level, then you can start to look at adding other things. You know, so for me, when I was pre six figure, I focused on one program. I only had one option of working with me. That was it <laughs> until I got to six figures and then I started to add and refine and do different things. But it was like, I needed to get better at my craft and my skill and see who I attracted and see what kind of results I could get. And you know, for me, I would say in coaching world, it's smart to start with high ticket coaching, you know, one-on-one. -on -one. And that's what I did because that's gonna be your easiest, fastest way. It's hard, it, it, I'd say in the beginning stages, if you don't have a huge audience, it's, it, you gotta have an audience to do say like a mastermind that's gonna grow fast. To give you enough revenue so you know if you're just starting out one-on-one -on -one is by far the easiest way if you're going to do a course or something along those lines get some masters at get building a course to six figures who really know what they're doing make sure they've been there and done it because that's a you know it, it's going to be a more challenging way to do that organically if you have no audience yet yeah what wonderful practical tangible uh advice i think too to leave off with um there were so many golden nuggets in this. I can't thank you enough for sharing all of this wisdom with us today. Uh, for anybody that's listening that uh, may have any thoughts or questions for either of us, please feel free to reach out. Um, we're always happy to engage and uh, to help if 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 you know there's alignment there to do so. Um, I I think people know your website because it's listed here, nfamoney.com. Um, and yeah, this is this has been great. I can't thank you enough. Yeah, so good. Thank you. I, I so enjoyed the conversation. Thanks for having me on. All right, absolutely. And we will talk again soon. Bye, guys. That's it for this episode. Really appreciate you tapping in. FYI, my new book, Content Capitalist, is launching end of March. I'm super excited to put this out into the world. I've been heads down the past six months writing and refining the book. If you'd like to register for updates and be added to my VIP waitlist, go to michaelbecker.org backslash content capitalist book. Can't wait to share what I've been cooking up with you guys. See you in the next episode.